This is the Community Connection, a podcast from Community Baptist Church in South Bend, Indiana. The purpose of this podcast is to better equip our church family to do the ministry of the gospel where God has planted us. Ben, I've heard it said that everyone is a theologian. What what do you think about that? Well, there are basically two schools of thought, Joe. Two schools. There are two groups of people, people who think there are only two groups and people who don't, but go ahead. (laughs) Totally derailed me. (laughs) So, I mean, it depends on what you mean by theologian. Would you mind defining the term for us? Theologian would be someone who has developed a systematic, whether they realize it or not, a systematic series of truths about who they believe God is. Hmm. Does that necessarily include all people then? Well, I asked you the question. (laughs) I said, I have heard it said, and I'm wondering what you think about that statement. And it, you know, you can just tell me what you think, Ben. This is all about what you think. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. What do you think? I think that uh, there are two ways to answer that question. I think that you can have two kinds of categories. On the one hand, you have people that we would typically think of as being uh, theologians who are, who are theologians by profession. They're professional theologians. I think that Pastors often, or probably should, fit into this category. Uh, you've got, you know, seminary professors and such, people who do uh, theological writing. These would be mm-hmm. what we would probably, in just normal usage, we would think of. That's a theologian. So if I said I'm a theologian, people would put me into that category. Generally okay. speaking, Generally I think speaking, in common yeah. use. I think there's another way sure. to talk about it, though, and I think it's recognizing the fact that everybody has thoughts about God. Okay. Um, and if, from that perspective, it's a very general, broad perspective. Um, I think that you could say that everyone. Um, is a theologian in that sense, or everybody has interacted with theology, because God has written eternity on man's heart. Man has, for the most part, rejected the knowledge of God, the creator, that he's implanted within them and in the world. However, it is a knowledge that they have rejected, not something of which they are completely ignorant. Everybody has a concept of God. And so we could say everyone is a theologian, but not everyone is a good theologian. That's the difference. Or an equally well-organized uh, theologian. You know, I find ourselves in a very rare position on this podcast, and I'm going to say, Ben, I agree with you. What? Yes. <laughs> no. To where, say, I would agree with that statement. Everyone's a theologian, but not everyone's a good theologian. Yeah. And some people say, well, I'm not a theologian, but, well, no, actually you are because you have formed in your mind what you believe to be truths about God. Yeah. You have, there, there is something you would say, God is like this, God is not like this, God's character is this, God's character is not this. And we're going to base it on something. Sure. And so in, in that sense, everybody has something that they think is true about God, even saying there is no God is a statement that involves a theos, right? They have and a concept so, of God, which it is they are rejecting. Exactly. And so and so in that sense, everyone's a theologian. And this is going, but everyone's not a good theologian. And so we're going to transition into the discussion about our third reading track, if we choose to read these in order. And that is our, the, our reading track on theology. Ben, would you please read the title of the first book of our reading track on theology. It, the title of the book is Pastor Joe's a Theologian. <laughs> that is not the title of the book. <laughs> the title of the book is the statement that I referenced at the very beginning. 
this seems like we planned this out in our pre-show prep. Uh, so easy, Joe. It's just uh, everyone's a theologian free. by R.C. Sproul. Yeah, everyone's a theologian. Okay, so first of all, let's talk a little bit about um, why we would want this to be a reading track in general on theology, and then let's dig into the books specifically and uh, and kind of what they do in the, in the role in this reading track. So well, I don't why know. You a reading told me track? There had to be a theology reading track. I think theology is kind of pointless and doesn't really matter for your everyday life. But you told me I had to. And that's why our relationship works so well. <laughs> Okay, so there really there really are several reasons why there's a track like this in it, um, okay. and the first uh, has reference to something you said earlier just a minute ago. You know, you made the comment sometimes people will say something along the lines of, "Well, I'm not a theologian," and obviously, like we know what they mean when they say that. Mm -hmm. um, but I think we need to we need to dive a little bit deep on that and recognize that whether or not you're a professional theologian. God's going to hold every person responsible for the thoughts that they have about mm -hmm. God. Um, and cognizant of that as pastors, we recognize that not everybody will be held accountable to the same measure. We know that pastors and teachers are held to a stricter judgment because they know more, sure. because they've given themselves to the study of the Word of mm -hmm. God, and because of the position of leadership that pastors find themselves in, the Bible specifically teaches us that we will be held to a stricter judgment. However, what it doesn't say is that the congregation will be held to no judgment with respect to their understanding of the Word of God and their and their knowledge of God. And so, in one sense, why do we have a re theology reading track? Is to help prepare people for Judgment Day. We're doing this with eternity in mind because God holds his people responsible for what he's revealed to them. Deuteronomy says that the things revealed to us are for us and for our children forever. Mm -hmm. And on that basis, we know that we have a responsibility, not just for what we know, but for what we've received and maybe just have never bothered to learn. And it's the responsibility of the pastors of the church, the elders of the church, to equip the saints in the church. Yeah to know God accurately and to equip them so that on Judgment Day, we will not give an account as to how well they know Scripture. We will give an account as to how, how well we prepared them and, and equipped them to be able to know Scripture. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So, so theology reading track, very important as we form our view of who God is. Our, a, a correct view of who God is drives everything in our life towards Christ and towards the Bible, an incorrect view of who God is actually drives things in our life away from Christ and away from the Bible. And so we have to make sure we have the correct view of Christ. So a correct view of, of who God is and his character. Let's talk about the theologian reading, the theology reading track. First yeah. one, R.C. Sproul, everyone's theologian. Now, Ben, when I look at this, it looks a little bit intimidating maybe because I look at this book and it's, it's a little bit thicker than the other ones we've talked about so far. I think up to this point, this is probably the thickest book. Thick books don't necessarily scare me, but there could be someone, a proverbial someone, who looks at this book and says, this looks a little bit intimidating. Can I read this book? Will I understand this book, Ben? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why it's on the reading track. Okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> There's help. a couple of different ways to talk about this. First of all... Help me be um, excited about let me, this Let book. me give you an analogy. Um, if I told you that you needed to go outside and run a marathon, you would be intimidated. Yes. Why? Uh, because I have not been training for that marathon. Okay, well, let's be honest. It's, a marathon's a very long ways to go all at once, yes? Yes. And Th even that if is you were good, walking, yes. it would take you a very long time, would it not? Yes. What if I told you that before you die, you need to have completed the distance of a marathon on your feet? 
I would be a whole lot more excited about that. Because you know what you would find out? You would find out that you'd probably meet the requirements just by living. <laughs> Even just by doing, doing what I do. from your couch and going to the fridge to get a can of pop and going back to the couch, eventually you will have completed the distance of a marathon. Yeah. Now, here's the reality. Is so what you're telling me. Well, let me let, can I draw the conclusion? Yes, I, you can my draw analogy. the conclusion. I'm sorry. <laughs> gun man. I don't get up on Sunday and finish your illustrations for you. <laughs> that would be awesome. Sort of, and, oh, I want to tell the conclusion. Here, and, let me, let me and tell the here has been for the application. <laughs> So the application is a, a big, thick book doesn't have to be scary when you recognize that you don't have to sit down and read it all at once. This is The point of this is that it's a journey to be completed over time, and there's no time limit on this. We've said that before in our podcast. Now, let me just explain. Everyone's a Theologian by R.C. Sproul is in the format of a systematic theology. What does that mean? It means that... We were talking about earlier how a person is a theologian because they have thoughts about God. Systematic theology attempts to take what the Bible says, its content, and organize the information so that it's understandable. Mm -hmm. And you say, well, is that something that Christians should be doing? Should we just be reading the Bible? Is there even a point to systematic theology? Well, yes, there is, because your brain, because God gave it to you and he's hardwired it this way, you process information in some sort of an organizational pattern. Mm -hmm. Some of us are more organized than others. Some of us are more OCD than others when it comes to our organization. But everybody processes information by preconceived categories. Mm -hmm. Systematic theology just makes it an intentional effort. Mm. We take what the Bible says and try to come to the very best conclusions about topics from the Bible mm. that all relate to each other and as a whole form a comprehensive picture of the teachings of the Bible. That's what systematic theology does. Systematic theology is like my kitchen pantry. Did you know that? I, no, I didn't. I'm yeah. excited to hear where this one goes because I can't finish this one for you. <laughs> A little nervous. <laughs> well, because our kitchen pantry is organized on different shelves. So on certain shelves, you have canned oh. goods. Oh, now I see where this is going. Oh, yeah. Now, don't finish I, it for me. I wasn't planning on it. Okay. On certain shelves, we have baking materials. And then on a shelf, we have all of our boxed breakfast goods, whether that be you know, box cereals, you know, whether it be, you know, whatever. We have a basket in one corner, a large basket that has all of our breads in it, different types of breads. And systematic theology is like that because you take a a section of theology and we organize it on that shelf. So maybe on a certain shelf we'll have everything, the, you know, the Bible says about the church. And maybe on another shelf we'll have everything the Bible says about about the personhood and deity of Jesus. And maybe on another shelf we'll have everything the Bible says about the end times, mm -hmm. you know. And then on another shelf we'll have everything the Bible says about the the nature and character of who God is. Mm -hmm. And that's all systematic theology is. And so when people th hear systematic theology, it may sound like a big word, but it just means a system, an organization of what the Bible says about certain things. And when we understand it that way, I think it's easy to understand that we all need systematic theology yes, in our do. lives because we all need our theology to probably, uh, if, even if it was organized in the past, it could probably use a little refresher because sometimes things get a little bit cluttered in our heads and systematic theology is a great way to do that. What I love about this book in particular several things I love about it. Number one, no matter what level you are in your understanding of theology or scripture, I think there are things you're going to learn from this book for the first time. R.C. Sproul does a wonderful job of pulling together information from a broad range of disciplines. He was a very well-read man, and he was able to pull things together 
that you didn't know before, and uh, but will actually help take you to the next level. The second thing I really love about this book is the fact that the chapters are short. Mm. I personally, believe this or not, I... I I can have a very short attention span when it comes to books. I have to like start, stop, start, stop. Mm. And I get through things over time because, you know, I try to just keep going with it. Um, but if there's a long chapter, I can get discouraged because I'm, you know, I'm at a page and I flip ahead to see where the chapter ends. I'm like, oh, goodness, 25 more pages before this chapter's over? I can't do that. Mm-hmm. But what I love about this is the chapters are only a few pages long. Um, I can sit down and read through a chapter of this book in 10 to 15 minutes if I'm just taking my time and just kind of walking through it closely. So, um, But if you were just to sit down and just a straight read, I think most of these chapters a person could finish in, in, in that time range of about 10 minutes, which is not bad at all, I don't think. And so no. um, you're able to get through quite a lot in a relatively short amount of time because you're, you're just tracking through chapters so quickly. Can I give you an analogy? Please. If that book is like a marathon. Yeah. <laughs> That you don't have to run all today. Yes. <laughs> no, my, my point is just to say, I think if somebody put that on their bedside table and they said, listen, I'm just going to read a chapter, maybe even a paragraph before bed at night. Yeah. It's going to stew in their mind as they sleep. I Honestly, think that would be a great. This is one of the best books for that. Uh, Moby Dick yeah. is another book I like for that reason because it has generally short chapters. <laughs> it's got I, a lot I, of chapters, but I think you don't I would, have to read all that many at one time. I think I'd recommend this on top of Moby Dick. I would but, recommend it to our congregation first. Mo- Moby Dick's a good book. Although but this, it's a fantastic book. This yeah. will have much more immediate practical value for your soul and for yes. Judgment Day. and uh, So that's a, that's a really helpful book. Everyone's a theologian by R.C. Sproul. Speaking of water, let's talk about baptism. Moby <laughs> Dick was, you know, he's a whale. Yeah. You know. Uh, okay, so... So we, we need a lot of a lot of hydration being the, Baptists. <laughs> there are two ways. Well, spritz won't work. <laughs> okay, where was I? Because I have such a short attention span. Um, we were talking about we're the Lord's t- Supper. That's what it was. The Lord's Supper? No, we were talking about the way that the, that a theology is actually worked out visibly in the church. Yeah, that there are really two specific actions in which God has given the church to visualize theology. Mm-hmm. One of them is baptism. The other one is the Lord's Supper. We call them ordinances, and we have the ordinance of baptism when they have ordinances Lord's Supper. And these are two physical um, illustration actions that we participate in as a New Testament church that reveal a portion of our theology. And because of that, we have two small books that are to be read after everyone's a theologian, and that is understanding baptism and understanding the Lord's Supper. Yeah. And so with these two little books, help us understand why, um, or help us you know, come to the conclusion of why we need to read these two books, Ben. Yeah, it's, that's a, it's a great point. Um, for one thing, uh, these two books highlight what are some of the particular distinctives of our congregation because we are community Baptist church Hmm. and being a Baptist church means um, uh, among other things that because of our theology, we practice the ordinances in a specific way Hmm. because we believe certain things about the Bible. You will see 
our understanding of the Bible reflected in how we practice baptism and how we practice the Lord's Supper, um, in distinction from you know how uh, uh, a Lutheran church would practice both the Lord's Supper and and uh, the ordinance of baptism. So it's helpful in that reason because it helps you to understand our church better and what our church believes is the right understanding of those doctrines from the scriptures. Another thing, though, is because of the fact that we're Baptist in a Protestant tradition, and specifically just kind of uh, just the history of uh, Baptists in the past 100 to 150 years, we, we can sometimes have the danger of having such an emphasis on um, the uh, of justification by faith and our completed standing before God in justification that we can almost uh, uh, minimize the benefits and importance of the ordinances. Mm-hmm. And I think for that reason, a lot of people participate in the ordinances, but with a very limited or shallow understanding. They think, you know what, I'm saved, whether or not I participate in the Lord's Supper, you know, I just, I need to obey God, but that's that's about the extent of the value of this particular ordinance. Or I know that I need to be baptized because the Bible says be baptized, but that's about the extent of it. Because once saved, always saved. And, you know, we almost yeah. have this, uh, this mentality. They're I important, think that, but they're not really necessary. Sure, yeah. And, you know, I'm not really sure. You know, it was good maybe once I got saved, but I don't really see any continuing benefit from these things. And I think that these two short books, they're very small, almost almost like booklet, pamphlet size, close to that. Um, I think that it's going to help a person recognize, first of all, the gravity of the ordinances, but then also, secondly, the, the ongoing spiritual benefits of them. Hmm. Baptism is not just kind of a, uh, just a thing that happened in the past and I move on from baptism. Baptism, believe it or not, does have continuing effects and impacts in my life, as does a regular participation in the Lord's Supper. And so I think that reading these two books helps a person start to uh, go down that road in their brains and help them kind of see things in the Bible that maybe are actually kind of weaknesses for us uh, d- denominationally as Baptists or even independent Baptists. So what we're saying is our goal, if we're going to summarize all this up, our goal is to equip our congregation to not just be theologians, but to be good theologians. Yeah. And to be organized theologians. Organized. And those terms are almost synonymous. Yeah. A and good theologian is an organized theologian. organized theologian who is organizing the right truths about God. Yes. And aligning his belief system with what God's word says and understanding how that theology fleshes itself out um, in the life of the local church. Uh, I'm excited about this track. I think that um, honestly that the book, everyone's a theologian is, is so basic and helpful and just paving the groundwork that I think it will demystify a lot of things for things for people. They commit themselves to, to that book to, uh, to work through over a period of a year or whatever it would be. You know, just slowly read through and work through. And I'm excited about some of the questions that will come up. As yeah. you read a book like that, if you're reading and engaging your mind, there are questions that you go, okay, if this is true, then what are the implications here and here? Right. And, to, and to develop some of those conversations as well. Thankful for this and thankful for these reading tracks. Hopefully it'll be a blessing to our church.